Many of us have no idea how to integrate our faith with our job. No matter what you do, it's really about a calling more than just a paycheck. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Pastor Mark starts a new series titled God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do. Let me ask you, do you see your job as a curse or a blessing? Is it just to get a paycheck or is it a calling? Let's think about work and let me ask, what was your first job? first job was working at a greenhouse. The cashier in a supermarket. My first job in America is a dishwasher. I worked at DuSable Museum as a gallery guard. Scrapbook store. Corn to tasseling. Mowing lawns. I was bussing tables with my mom at a restaurant. Delivering papers. I was mixing paints for color swatches. Plowing the field with water buffaloes. Um, I think it was a roofing job. First job I ever had was working at a Christmas tree farm. I was a receptionist. Pumping gas. I was a camp counselor at a summer camp. I uh, worked at a brownie factory. I worked at a hot dog stand in Illinois. Toy store. That was fun. Picking jalapenos for a vegetable farm stand. I put together kids' bikes. I was a camp maintenance guy. I mopped the floors, I kept the kitchen clean, I took out the garbage, and man, if you help the kitchen and the cooks, they give you extra desserts. Well, there you have it. I still remember my first job. I was a dishwasher at a hotel. And in fact, you know, I I still use that. I tell my wife sometimes, I'm the only professional dishwasher in this house. When she tries to tell me how to wash dishes, she's that working for you, Mark? (laughs) It's not working that well. But you know, many of us, Wayne, we we really look at our jobs sometimes as something that we have to endure. And I've heard people talk about work and refer to Genesis, and they say, well, work is a curse. No. And it's really an absolute misunderstanding of Scripture. Work was never, never intended to be a curse. Adam and Eve worked in the garden, didn't they? They did work in the garden. And it's it, the curse brought about difficulty in our work. But what I'm trying to do in this series is trying to point to Scripture and help people understand that your job is part of your calling. You have skills and abilities. And instead of looking at your job as something that I have to go to, let's try to change our mindset and saying, this is part of what God has called me to do at this season of my life. So let's use it for his glory. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord. All right, let's get started with the message now. Mark is taking us to Genesis chapter two for this message, the sacred value of what you do. Think about your job for a moment. Some of you have jobs that you don't get paid for. Some of you are homemakers, and so you stay at home, and you work as hard as other people work, but you don't see a paycheck. Uh, Some of you get up on Monday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. You commute to downtown. You find parking, or you go on the orange line to some big building there. You go to an office place. And you spend eight hours behind a computer monitor, a computer screen, and then you make your commute back to your house. 
Some of you go, get up on Monday, and you go to a school where you are a teacher. Except this Monday where you're going to be on a picket line. But normally you go to a place where you will be teaching. Uh, Some of you work at factories. And you're on an assembly line and you uh, work on this assembly line machine. Some of you own your own businesses and you get up and you, well, you're constantly working because you always are carrying the weight of your business on your shoulders and are feeling the weight of doing that. Some of you work at financial institutions where you uh, go and you either invest or you're in banking. Uh, Some of you are mechanics and so you get your hands nice and greasy. Some of you work for the city and some of you are police officers and some of you are firemen and there are a whole host of jobs represented in this auditorium. In fact, the truth is that you spend 40 to 60 hours at your workplace and really maybe only two hours at your worship place. So I know that you spend a lot more time on the job than you do at church. But the thing is that most of us have no real philosophy of work. We, some of us get up on Monday and we go to work and we think, man, Sunday was so good. I worship God. What a great place to be. And now I have to go to work. (sighs) We're doing this series, God at Work, because I want you to understand for, for several reasons. I'm doing this series because many of us spend countless hours at work, but don't know what God has to say about work. I'm doing this series because many of us dread going to work on Monday mornings. You dread it. I'm doing this series because many of us have no idea how to integrate our faith with our job. You just, it's never crossed your mind. You think church is spiritual, work is secular. But, but you don't know how to mix the two together. And haven't never ever thought about that clearly. I'm doing this series because most of us divide work as secular and church as sacred. I'm doing this series because your work is about more than just a paycheck. It's really, no matter what you do, it's really about a calling more than just a paycheck. As I was thinking about this series, God at Work, we're going to be talking about rethinking your job from curse to blessing, turning your work into ministry, keeping your job without losing your soul. Inviting God to your workplace. As I was thinking about this series, I was thinking about so many jobs that are represented here. Some of you wish you could go to work on Monday morning, but you're laid off right now. Some of you wish you could be laid off, but you have to go to work on Monday morning. I was thinking for a moment when I first started working, I had my first real job, what I would consider, I had little bits and pieces before them, but my first real job at the age of 16. And at the age of 16, I, got, I landed a job working at a hotel as a dishwasher and as a uh, room cleaner. I don't know what my official title was, but I was cleaning rooms. And I, it was actually away from the town where I lived, and so I, I spent three months in the summer. I lived at the hotel in the basement, 
would get up at five o'clock in the morning. I had never really, really had to go to work every day. I was in school, and so it was the first time we, we started at five o'clock in the morning. I don't remember the dread of getting up early in the morning. And it happened to be, I grew up in Europe, and so uh, th- this hotel that I worked with, worked at, happened to be in a French town. So in, in a coastal French town, so first of all, I didn't know French. So people were kind of, I, I know what an immigrant feels like that doesn't know the language because, I mean, I was being bossed around in French, and I just kind of said, wee oui, wee. Oui. Um, it's about what I knew. And you feel a little bit like a dummy because, you know, you just can't understand what people are saying and people have to speak slow to you. And um, I, I never knew there were pots and pans as big as I saw them. I, mean, I never knew there was pots that were that big. And I never knew there was just scum in the bottom of the pots that I had to clean out. And so... Every morning I'd get up and for hours I worked at, as a dishwasher, cleaning with, with French cooks screaming at me in the background and, and, and it was hot, it was dirty, uh, they, they kept saying faster, vita, vita, that means faster, faster, and worked at there and I remember at the end of the day I was so exhausted and it did two things for me. Number one, it made me want to go to college. If your kid doesn't want to go to college, hey, have them work as a dishwasher for a summer. It will give them a high incentive to want to go to college. So one thing I thought, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I want to go to college. Secondly, it brought into my mind that I didn't like what I was doing. I wasn't excited about putting my hand in a pot and scrubbing all day and then going and cleaning up after other people's messes and hotel rooms. I mean, I thought, I don't like this. I don't like this work. I don't like to do it. But as I was working in this hotel and just exhausted in the evening times, I started, I I was a believer, and God started speaking to my heart. Someone had given me a little book called Practicing the Presence of God by a fellow by the name of, well, he was a monk that they called Brother Lawrence. And I related to Brother Lawrence because Brother Lawrence had joined the monastery, but he was a dishwasher in the monastery. What Brother Lawrence learned is that no matter what you do, whether it's washing dishes or whether you're a CEO of a company, that whatever you do, when you do it to God, it becomes an act of worship. And it's not about the job that you do, it's about the heart that you have when you do the job and why you do the job and for whom you do the job. And so I started reading that little booklet and it's changed my perspective about what I was doing. I actually started to realize that although I was washing dishes and felt like it was an ungrateful job and no one noticed how good I did it or how bad I did it, and and I didn't really want to spend the rest of my life doing it, I started realizing that I was doing this job, that when I started doing this job for God and offering it to God, that it changed the way I looked at my job. So I started praying while I was doing it, singing while I was doing it, blessing the Lord and saying, God, I'm going to wash dishes as good as I can for you. 
That changed my perspective about how I viewed work. And then through college, I had a lot of odd jobs. See, I, was a re- I worked at a hotel as a receptionist in, at, in Rush Street. That was an interesting job. I, I worked at uh, the merchandise for a while when I was in college. I worked as an English teacher for Inlingua off of a place in Michigan Avenue. I counted for the board of election. I worked every little odd job I could do because I was helping pay my way through school. And I started to understand and started to realize that there are jobs that we do that we don't like. There are jobs that we do that we do like. But as a believer, our perspective and our job has to be absolutely different than the world that's around us. Uh, Sometimes we make a distinction between the sacred and the secular, but God has no distinction between the sacred and the secular. So I want to talk to you about turning your job from a curse to a blessing. Are you with me? All right, so let's jump into it. Let's go all the way to the book of Genesis, all the way to the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. I want you to understand because some of you view your job as a curse. And some of us have the mentality that our job is really a curse. So in turning your job from a curse to a blessing, I want you to first of all realize this. We wrongly think that work is a part of the curse, but in reality, it's, it's a part of the creation blessing. It's a part of the blessing. You're listening to Bold Steps, the Bible teaching ministry of Mark Job, and we'll continue today's lesson in just a moment. But right now, we want to give you a teaser of what's in store for our weekend program, Bold Steps Weekend. Mark, what's ahead? Yeah, Bold Steps is coming up, the weekend edition and version of it. And we're in a series entitled Rewrite, Making All Things New. And this weekend message is called Moving Past Empty from John chapter 2. This weekend begins a series of very busy weekends leading up to Christmas, but take a few moments to listen to God's Word through Bold Steps Weekend. And another way to fit in some more Bold Steps teaching is with the Bold Steps Minute. This is a short 60-second takeaway from some of Mark's most insightful lessons. To check out the Bold Steps Minute, just go online to boldstepsminute.org. All right, let's continue this Friday message now called Rethinking Your Job from Curse to Blessing. Once again, here's Mark. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord took man, it says, and put him in the garden of Eden to work in it and to keep it. Uh, This was before the fall of man. This was before the curse. Uh, Is work a curse? I've heard Christians tell me, well, you know, part of the curse is that we have to work. Uh, That's a misinterpretation of Scripture. The working was never a curse in the Bible. In fact, do you know that God is a worker? God, when we encounter God for the very first time in the book of Genesis, he's not kicking back on some fluffy cloud, smoking a big heavenly cigar, chilling out in the heavenly realms. No, no, no. When we first encounter God of the universe, we encounter a God that's at work. He's creating, making, he's working. In fact, the first chapters of the Bible really talk to us about 
the pattern of God working. He worked hard. He was creative at what he did. He got a lot done in a short amount of time. He worked very hard at what he did. And then he would relax and look and admire his work and enjoy his work and then get back to work as well. And now we follow or are supposed to follow that pattern. We work certain days. We take a day off. We enjoy our creation. We enjoy. We admire what we've done. We enjoy life. And then we go back to work. Work was never meant to be a curse. Work is part of the creation blessing. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 17, and some people get this wrong idea about work being a curse from Genesis chapter 3. When man disobeyed God and fell, but to Adam he said, because you obeyed your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground thanks to you. In painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, but you will eat the grain of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground. For out of it, you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you will return. Part of the curse that God gave was not the curse of work, but the curse that work would be hard at times. That work would be painful. To the woman, childbearing is not a curse. It's a blessing. But he said, you're going to be cursed in the fact that when you give birth to a child, it will be painful now. Uh, people would have babies before the curse, but now your childbirth will be painful. How many of you women can testify that it is painful? There was work before the curse, and so the curse was not work, but the curse was now your work will be painful at times. The woman's childbearing would be painful, and work would be painful as well. I don't know how childbearing was before the curse, but you know how now you kind of scream and grunt, and get the epidural in your back, and it's a very painful process. I guess before the curse, it was just kind of, hey, the family gathers around. Hey, it's coming. Hey, give me a cup of tea. Hey, can I have a banana? Whoop, there he is. Wow, this is so great to have him. Catch him. I think that's the way it was before the curse. It's not like that anymore. Now you're happy you have the baby, but it is a painful process. I went through a lot of training with my wife when we first had our baby and I went to classes, just I got a t-shirt that said coach on it and you know, they taught us how to focus and how to breathe and so uh, the first time I went there, I was all prepared, tried to coach her. After a while, she just said, stay away from me, get me an epidural, don't coach me, don't tell me how to breathe, don't tell me how to concentrate, just get me drugs to take away this pain. So for the next baby, she looked at me and she said, you have one job. I thought she was going to say, hold my back, rub, rub my back, hold my hand, pray for me. She said, you get the anesthesiologist as quickly as you can. That's your job. Yes, ma'am. So if we look at Genesis, we discover that when the, when the world was perfect, before the fall, in the garden... When God created paradise, paradise was not a place where Adam and Eve were just laying around on the grass, not doing anything. 
that God gave them work from the beginning because he understood that work would give purpose and fulfillment to them, that work was part of what they were created to do. You and I have been designed not just to lay around, uh, we have been designed to work. We find meaning and calling and purpose and fulfillment when we engage in work that is meaningful and we use our gifts in what we do. In fact, what I've discovered is that there's an extreme when it comes to work. I, I see two extremes. One is that some people view work as a curse. Think about it for a second. You talk to a lot of people and what is their dream? Some people religiously play the lottery. Why? You say, hey, if you won the lottery, what would you do? They say, I would quit work immediately. And I would just do whatever I want to do. I'd play a lot of golf, go to the Bahamas, chill out, buy myself a boat, get a Harley, travel around the country. Why do, you win the, why do you want to win the lottery? To stop working. Sometimes the American dream revolves around stopping working. Think about it. When we talk about retirement, for example, a lot of people, their whole goal in their work career is to amass enough amount of money so that they can get to the point where they're young enough in life to retire as soon as they can so they can do what? So they cannot work. And I think if I could just get enough money where I could retire, the American dream is to stop working. We play the lottery to stop working. We try to get money and, and invest our money so that the earlier we can retire, the better. And some people retire early. When we hear a story of some that retired at 55 and they're set for life and they don't have to work, we all think, wow, that's the life. But the truth is, that's a cursed view of working. I've talked to a lot of retired people, by the way, and retirement is not always what it's cracked up to be. How about it? Some of you are retired and you understand that. You retire and you say, man, it's going to be so good to be able to sleep in. You're so used to getting up at 6 in the morning that now you wake up and you're wide awake at 6 in the morning. You don't have work to go, so you go to Dunkin' Donuts. Piddle around the house. There's only so many windows you can fix and, you know, only so much you can manicure the lawn with. And some of you, I've seen people really decline in their health, in their mind, in their energy, in their ability once they go into retirement because they thought all I want to do is just kind of hang around and do nothing and they realize I'm wired to do something. You were designed, engineered, created by a working God to utilize your gifts into some productive call of your life where you actually put your energy and efforts into work that's part of God's call. We have to stop there, but we will continue with part two of today's lesson when we return next week for Monday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Job. Before we wrap up today, we want to encourage you to visit our website at boldstepsradio.org and take advantage of some of the unique opportunities and resources we're offering, like our Bold Step gift. Mark is back to tell us about it. God's kingdom isn't just about theology or church attendance. It isn't just about religious ideas 
or an obscure concept. God's kingdom is about the new world and seeing your place in it. And if you're looking for a better view of this kingdom, you'll want a copy of this month's Bold Step gift. In his book, The Kingdom Agenda, Dr. Tony Evans lays out the blueprint for every person who calls themselves a Christian. With lots of practical advice on how to live for the kingdom, this is one book you'll want to refer to again and again. Dr. Evans doesn't just describe the kingdom of God. He pushes you further into it by showing you how to serve our heavenly king today. My friends, this is a spiritual tool you need in your armory. If you serve in a church in any capacity, be sure to request your copy of this Bold Step gift today. Again, the book is called The Kingdom Agenda, and we'll send it right to your door when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. You can send your donation online today by visiting boldstepsradio.org, or if it's easier, just call us at 844-615-7363. We'd love to hear from you, 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Kingdom Agenda and give your gift through the mail. Our address is Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And then if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast for easy on-the-go listening. Just open up your favorite podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, and then click subscribe to get all these messages downloaded automatically to your phone or smart device. You can also connect with us and find more content on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching for Bold Steps Radio. And that'll do it for today. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you to come back next week for the second half of today's lesson titled, Rethinking Your Job from Curse to Blessing. That's Monday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.